Welcome to this episode of Hello Hilltop. My name is Madeline Johnson, and I'm a senior at SMU majoring in corporate communication and public affairs. My partner, Corey Garolitz, is a junior at SMU majoring in corporate communication and public affairs and journalism. The true measure of a university is the quality of the people associated with it. SMU's alumni are making a difference in impacting the world. Today, we are proud to present to you SMU alumni, Mr. Hobroch and Mr. Lamoth, to talk about their experiences on the hilltop and their international residency for artists and writers in Corsicana, Texas. Welcome to the hilltop, Mr. Horbach and Mr. Lamoth. Tell us a little bit about your early years growing up and how did you get your fascination for art? Travis, right ahead. Yeah, I'll start. I, I began taking art as an elective in high school. It was like the first time that you could choose to participate or not. And I always thought it was like the, the fun part about school and not something that I could really continue to do by choice when life got more serious. And then at every step, I just kept choosing. So studied it in college and thought I'd get real after that and then went to grad school and thought I'd do something else after that and uh, still haven't really. I'd echo Travis there and just say that um, I felt like going to SMU and getting a degree in business would make it would would make the real real, you know, uh, as if the art degree wasn't real yeah. enough. Um, but I mean, I've been drawing since I was a little kid and making little jigsaw puzzles and stuff. <laughs> I like making things, so I don't really know what else to do um, other than make pictures and make make little things out of wood. That's wonderful. Yeah. So how did you guys both end up at SMU? Did you guys ever consider any other schools? You know, um, had I not gone to my uncle's wedding in Dallas as a sophomore in high school, and my parents said, hey, uh, while we're here, why don't we go take a campus tour? It's a little early, but let's look. I probably <laughs> would have never gone to SMU because uh, I'd never heard of it. And um, I went on this tour and I was taken by the campus and uh, the kids looked like a lot of fun and there's an art school and a business school and it was sort of set. I applied yeah. and I applied to just um, two other schools, Arizona, ASU and uh, Ch Chapel Hill. We definitely have a pretty campus though. So I'm glad you picked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the most deciding factor. Yeah. It's a little bit more opportunistic, I think. I was looking for graduate programs that were fully funded. Um, SMU's grad program in uh, studio art was. And uh, it was among a few I applied for, uh, but I ended up selecting it after having fruitful meetings with the faculty, um, came and visited, and it seemed like a place where I wouldn't really get lost. Um, and I don't know, I had an immediate connection. Plus I was from Dallas, so it made it a lot easier to sort of use the city itself as a network and a launch pad for something I already knew it had the potential for. Um, you know, Dallas is an exceptionally easy place to live. And um, I was okay with it being my home for the next few years and it still is, so yeah. That's great. Well, I'm curious on how you guys became very involved with art outside of SMU. Were there any first job experiences you could tell us about? <laughs> first job in the arts yeah uh god i 
shoot in 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 college in undergrad i was in indiana and i did a study it was supposed to be a study abroad program that would place you with an internship in the arts as a way of getting a taste for what professional experiences might be out there and they were everything from communications they had um it was called the new york arts program weirdly enough um they would place students on like the today show or snl in like very backroom assistant gigs and they had some placement with studio art assistants so i remember meeting with Diana Al-Hadid who had um, like around that time was exhibiting at the Nasher Museum in Dallas. So I knew her work very well. And I was all in line to be her studio assistant for four or five months uh, during college and ended up jumping ship on that opportunity and landing at National Geographic Adventure Magazine. So I worked there in design for, um, for a semester and that made me feel like a big kid and it went really well. And that I remember coming home and telling my parents that like, I think this is a viable career path. Like this is both exciting for me and apparently they give out paychecks there. So I think I wanna do what I can to try to land at something where those two things happen together. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the first like 15 years ago. Very successful start, very nice. What about you, Mr. Horbach? I got thrown into a gig pretty quickly after school where I would do these renderings of historic homes and properties around Dallas. And it, it, it set off a, more of a self-employed trajectory for better or for worse. When I graduated, I opened up a very small, modest printmaking studio, taught workshops there and worked in intaglio-based processes to do etchings and engravings and made some friends like Wilson Fuqua, who had a architecture firm across the street from, from SMU's campus right there off of Hillcrest, you know, slowly became introduced to, to other, to, to people on the architectural side of, of rendering. And so that was a, that was a nice experience to get to know Dallas because I came here for my undergrad mm -hmm. um, and I had never experienced this place, you know, from there forward, it was, it was Corsicana. During your time at SMU, did you have any favorite professors and did you learn anything specific from them? I don't even know if they were there anymore. I mean, we, we both have Jay Sullivan. Um, yeah, I'm like, who's going to say Jay? I mean, because we shared a sculpture, I mean, singular sculpture professor for our time there. But mm -hmm. um, Jay was the chair of our department and um, not mine. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I had Noah and I would say the oh. same thing. I mean, for the same reasons, like. He was terrific. He's now um, in Virginia, but. Oh, okay. Well, it was still nice to shout them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Mary, Burnaby, Mary, Mary Vernon, Barnaby Fitzgerald. Can you guys explain your day-to-day -day duties? Mine's a shorter list. So maybe I'll go first and then Kyle can say everything else. But I, I'm like day-to-day -day media stuff. So um, with a design background, like I try to run as much as possible of any piece of print um, or web output that you see. I'm in Dallas full-time and Kyle's in Corsicana full-time, so some of those things make it a lot easier for him to run with, like the Instagram programming, which is great, needs tons of attention, and I can't claim that I've done any work in that area, but there's a higher level of creative collaboration as well that maybe Kyle can speak to, but man, everything else is all him. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I fix the toilets and I and the, and the living faucet, you know. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's I 
I would like to think that I would do very well with the routine, but I don't have much of one. You know, each day I sort of respond to whatever tasks bubble up and need tending to. I don't really know why Travis plugged Instagram because we might have one post a month, but you know, they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that, that residency program that we conceived of, you know, it's been eight, nine years back, um, as it's grown requires focus in several different directions. So, you know, first there's a, there's a building, there's a property that needs management and, um, care for. So, yeah. So, you know, residents may say, Hey, the, the kitchen faucet just blew off a, a handle or something, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, so you, you know, you go deal with that kind of stuff or, um, you know, there's paperwork and bills, you know, to pay, or there are, um, you know, uh, residents might need help, um, constructing something or installing something or moving something. There's, there's administration work to keep the, the operation running smoothly. There's an application system. So I'd say it's kind of 50% computer work and phone calling and, and the rest is, um, kind of hands-on stuff. It's a, it's sort of a roulette every day, you know, something to do. There's not, we don't have a huge team on this project. It's just a few friends who, who call it a passion project and we're willing to do most of uh, whatever it needs to do it. You look over your shoulder, there's no one else there. So, so we do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in the boardroom, really. Mr. Um, Hobrach, could you, when you purchased uh, 100 West in 2012, did you always intend on the historic building to turn into a residency program for artists and guests? You know, I, I don't think so. We, um, I took a good number of friends down, Travis being one of them who mm -hmm. really gelled to it at the beginning. Um, I think we were all just very taken with this property. And um, it, they're, they're big spaces and they, you know, for all of us uh, being artists with, with space like that, all we can see is studio. Um, yeah. So we knew that they would be studio spaces, workspaces, thing, spaces to make things. But the notion of a, of a formal residency that has a program mm -hmm. and an application cycle, um, that was a bit foreign to us. I've never been to a residency. Travis has done a couple. Um, well, was there any certain mission statement or vision you had for 100W? Uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there, there's a vision for sure. I mean, um, you know, in, in, in large part, you go, I, <laughs> you know, in large part tied to historic preservation, mm -hmm. architectural preservation. There is uh, a desire to, to make the most of small town America and these sort of forgotten infrastructures. Um, or they're overlooked more often than not. Of course, Acana is, is in that. And bringing people to a place like Texas to make work on a scale um, in a framework that they otherwise wouldn't from wherever they're from in smaller studio spaces. It really does um, look like a cute town. I saw the diner and everything, and that just reminds me of Connecticut back home. So I, I love oh. it. I think it's amazing. So, Mr. Lamont, do you think there are any advantages to having the program in Corsicana versus Dallas? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as Kyle said, part of it is, I don't want to call it like isolation and imply that, you know, Corsicana is any less thriving of a community than a major metropolitan area like Dallas, because there are plenty of interruptions there as well. But I think when people travel, they're allowed to impart some direction into their travel. They show up with a purpose. Um, 
and I think that Corsicana remains extremely impressionable to the purposes that our artists and writers bring with them, which is really nice. People can make it extremely outgoing who have community-based practices and who are, we'll say, highly social people, like they have a home there. And it's also really fruitful for people who are not talkers and who come to get away from their regular life and try to make it a more isolated stay to focus on just work and eating. So yeah, that's a major advantage is that, you know, almost any destination can fill. Corsicana itself being one, as Kyle said, I think provides, simply put, like real estate at in greater chunks than we could find in Dallas. I mean, this was part of the mission statement that I think we got to add. I don't think anyone was like, oh my God, it's so big and that's going to be good for big work. But I think the people who have attended who are sharing a studio in Berlin, like three people, you know, to a 10th of the space, they begin to see this as an opportunity to maybe do some things that they wouldn't have been able to do. I mean, people who work in a studio in New York City that's on the 10th floor maybe conceive of some different things when they have access to ground floor studio space. So those, as well as the additions of like immense natural light and the other architectural features of the building, all influence that work. And that's what we're sort of hoping for. And we're talking Texas, you know, I mean, so there's, there's a sense here that people are coming for a kind of impression that they have of Texas and they, and they, and they like to, they're interested in testing their, their, their preconceptions of what this place is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, a, and a place like Dallas doesn't challenge that very well. Dallas, as you know, in a lot of uh, aspects is, is akin to many other cities yeah. across the country. Corsicana retains a kind of flavor that's unique to Texas. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for, you know, F-350s and real cowboys, you know, maybe you have a better chance there. Than, than downtown Dallas. There's an atmosphere that that has seemed in nicely with our program and and also scaffolds this primary intent of providing large studio space, Texas scaled studio space. Mm-hmm. Well, at first I was under the impression that there was an open studio for, that it was just a open studio for local artists, but you did just mention that there is an application process for artists to be allowed to have their work be part of the exhibit. Could you explain a little bit about that and how it happens annually? Sure. So we have um, every September 1st, a deadline for anybody to submit an application funneling into two main categories. There, there are writers and there are artists. And so you submit five images if you're an artist and uh, two writing samples if you're a writer and uh, we may receive a couple hundred applications in a in a year um, and we'll boil it down to you know, maybe 15 to come the following year and stay for you know one to three months and uh, and we'll host two artists and a writer at any given time so there are three people who've never met each other who all show up on the same day to live in this in this building and make work. And they share a kitchen and a dining hall and some living space. And then they each have their own private studios. And the open studios that you talk about is a program we do at the end of every residency cycle. So when there are three residents who've spent, you know, one to two, three months um, before they go back to LA or New York or Kentucky or Berlin or wherever, um, we want to send them off with 
with an audience with a new audience with the Texas audience who came to see their work installed um, and have conversation but it but it's really open to anybody can artists attend more than once yeah yeah we've had people come multiple times uh-huh yeah, we uh, we hosted um, a gentleman at Eva who came first from the UK uh, maybe four years ago and he just came back two years ago with a buddy from Berlin and um, and when they came back, when he came back and brought his friend, he, he already had a sense for the place. And so they had, uh, they had an even greater mission for making all the more ambitious work. In three words, how would you describe the building? We know it kind of changes a lot though, yeah. depending on the artists that come in, but uh, whoever wants to put it up for interpretation. Sorry, I know, I, know I, I could have been prepared for something like this, but. Um, <laughs> it changes seasonally. Yeah. No, that's what those we are, thought. Those are the three words. <laughs> it, <Yeah. laughs> um, well, what about, what are your goals in your current jobs right now? Any aspirations for the future? Man, <laughs> I don't talk about this a lot actually, but um, in mine, I, 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 not, I don't know if it's super relevant to this conversation, but my involvement in Corsicana and my own career both point to ways to keep making art a part of my life, right? Ways to either let it help me make a living or stay involved with something. And I've been lucky in both aspects, I think in my design career to have great employment and also with uh, 100 West, I mean, to start receiving funding, um, to be able to make this program into something that we've wanted, which is to provide for artists who are looking for that step in their careers. I don't know, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's like a career goal out of that, but it's always been to grow that, right? And hear that feedback from artists and pour it back into the program. Right. And I mean, we're expanding the campus of the program each year, providing more diverse opportunities to artists of diverse practices. So as Kyle said, like anyone can submit. Um, it's been really great to see artists in different media who are getting exposure to this program. I mean, we can't really speak to that yet, but, or can we? I don't know. We'll, we'll I, Travis has taken it all really well, yeah. I'm gonna stop there. Yeah, I mean, I think that we probably look, we might be looking less at our own personal careers and, and more at the, the, the results of the, these seeds that we've planted. And, um, and, and, and we feel responsible, you know, obliged to, to care for, for them. And so, you know, the, the career goals or the, the goals of the residency, um, you know, we have hopes, but they, um, they're kind of self-dictated um, in ways we don't always know. So I think as long as, as our residents are very, uh, you know, are having a good time, they're making good work and the work is getting shared and and um, we're making the, mo the, the best use of the spaces we can. Um, you know, the, the program will continue to do what it needs to do. I think Travis and I both have, you know, it's interesting. We, we, um, we submit ourselves to um, what you might call responsible nine to five type work duties. And then we also have these itches on the side to go and make, you know, 
dick around with I don't even know what to make to make the things that we were taught to make or inspired to make in school you know the things that you know we didn't have a clue about while we were attending SMU but then you know think well when I'm an artist I'm going to make x or I have a vision for this and and um and those things sometimes get put on the back burner um because you have other things to do and so I would I may speak for Travis here too but to say that probably the real career goals we have might might rest in these quieter places in the backs of our minds um, where we just think and talk about over a drink and we might cut a little wood or yeah we're just being appreciative for that time i mean a couple paintings and a piece of furniture each year doesn't feel like much and i think if i heard myself say that leaving uh, grad school, I'd be pretty upset with my output, but I'm proud of it now to be able to find time for that. So as long as that keeps happening, I'm going to be happy. Absolutely. Your happiness comes before anything else. So I'm happy that you guys yeah. are that way. It's awesome. In what ways do you guys still stay in touch with SMU? Shoot. <laughs> um, I drop by. and take long. We, yeah, we're alone. You can talk with each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, this <laughs> just, podcast counts. Yeah. Don't worry. This podcast. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a great podcast. Um, yeah. A few minutes ago, that was like, no, we we serve on the same on the same um, board there. Um, I drop by on occasion. I browse like lectures, honestly, that I don't end up going to, but I always sort of intend to mark them on my calendar, um, so I keep up with like both arts and um the full school calendars for stuff like that shoot oh it's okay you know smu um all of us who went to school there were all buddies basically and so we we see each other yeah. you know we're we're our we are our each other's friends yeah um absolutely and so um it's unavoidable smu becomes unavoidable yeah. It doesn't have to be on campus. We don't go to campus oh. that often. Thank you so much, Mr. Hobrach and Mr. Lamoth, for coming out and being our guests on Hello Hilltop. Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, this has been really special. Thank you. Thank you much. We also want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to catch our other podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. Make sure to follow us on social by visiting our Facebook and Instagram accounts at SMU Hello Hilltop, where you can find behind the scenes information and upcoming podcasts. Until next time, we'll see you on the hilltop.